Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me again on our See, Here Love podcast. And, oh, this is a good one. This is a good conversation because if you've ever, and I don't know if you have, ever thought about breath or breathing or you are doing those prayers of sort of breathing in and breathing out chaos and stress, then this is what we're talking about. My guest today is Daniel Kuman. He's an award-winning film director who has traveled to more than 30 countries to tell stories that challenge and inspire. And he has come out with a new book called Breath of Life, where he talks about um, the three breaths from God. And I think you're going to love it because it's it's inspiring. And it, it actually was really eye-opening for me to think about breath, the Holy Spirit, um, accessing the Holy Spirit in my life, the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, the importance of breathing and breath. And then at the end, uh, we are giving a really practical way of praying and breathing uh, through life. So you're not going to want to miss this conversation at all. So fantastic. Here's my conversation with Daniel Kuman. Well, so happy to have you here, Daniel Kuman, on our show here at See Here Love. Welcome. Welcome, yeah, welcome. Thanks, Melinda. Good to be here. Yeah, so I'm really excited to chat with you because I have in the past couple of years really maybe been introduced to breath, this whole breathing in and breathing out. The first time that ever happened, somebody said, Melinda, I think you need to breathe in peace and you need to ex, you know, exhale stress and chaos. And I was like, what? What is that? And, you know, Dana, it was interesting that when I did do that, there was something physical and spiritual and mental that actually happened within me. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we're, we're talking about, we're talking about breath. We're talking about breath of life, three breaths that shape humanity, uh, the book and everything else. I'm really glad for that. So I think let's just start off with breath. What is it with you and breath? <laughs> you yeah, know, because well, I, because some people aren't, you know, into it or even write a book or do anything with it. So Love to hear your thoughts. Well, it's interesting because the first time I heard the word breath in the context of needing to, like you say, dig a little deeper and kind of figure it out was actually before a missions trip to Tanzania. I was going there every year. It was about my 12th trip. And I always asked God for a directional kind of like, what is, what is this trip about? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually felt like I heard the audible whisper of God in my ear, which has essentially maybe happened once or twice in my life. And I felt like he said, this trip is about breath. And all of a sudden, I realized we don't even think about it, but we breathe actually 25,000 times a day. <laughs> we breathe. It's an autonomous response. It's always happening. But how did that breath come to be? And so it took me on this journey. And I'm a creative. I'm a filmmaker. So I always see things visually. And all of a sudden, I was taken into the Garden of Eden. I don't know if, if your listeners are familiar with the book of Genesis, but there's this scene. I call it a scene because it's so cinematic. But it's like God, the father enters into the garden and it's the first time in all creation that he touches his creation. He gets his hands dirty in the mud and it says that he formed like a sculptor would form a piece of art. As a sculptor would form a masterpiece, he begins to create Adam and Eve out of the dust of the earth. And it's an incredible moment because they're not alive until he breathes on them. 
So I, I began to become very aware and to study deeper about what is this thing about breath? Because it's the most quintessential thing that actually shows that we're alive. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And you know, I, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, you, you take it for granted. You don't even think about it. But when I have centered in Daniel and thought about it, it's powerful. It's just like, you can actually feel life. Like it's just like life. And, and when I, when I did that first time where they said, breathe in peace, you know, I had to kind of think about that and, and, and think about, okay, peace. And I was thinking about Jesus and then kind of exhale all the stuff that's not giving you peace. It was, it was powerful. And that mm -hmm. was just breath and being centered on this word and, and who Jesus was. It was like, it actually really was mind blowing. <laughs> it was like so simple, yeah. but so powerful. So the reason I think it's so powerful is because we learn through the scriptures that God is breath. Like it actually says in the book of, God, of John, God is spirit. And when you take that word in the Greek and it's the word pneuma, which means spirit and breath. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the Old Testament, it uses whenever it talks about breath, it talks about ruach, which is spirit and breath. So there's this idea that, like you're saying, if, if you actually focus on anything, I don't know if this has any, ever happened to you, but sometimes you'll think about a person and then they'll text you. Or you'll be talking about something and then it pops up. Mm. There's something about that focus. I think there's something spiritual going on and breath is like this. So if I am praying and I'm, or I'm breathing or I'm meditating, it's that very thing that I'm essentially breathing in that something begins to happen. Something begins to happen. And this is what happened when God created humanity. He was intent on bringing us to life. And so then he breathed in. <gasps> And he exhaled, <sighs> the sound of his name is on our breath. And then when we said his name, Yahweh, like Adam, his first word, <gasps> he became alive. So there's something life-giving, creative, powerful about breath itself. Yeah, and that was the first breath that you said. There's three breaths that you say shape humanity. You just said that the first breath brought humanity to life. Mm -hmm, I like how you mm -hmm. did that. That was really, that's a good exercise. Do that again, yes. do it again. Yeah. <sighs> yeah and you know, th th that actually changed my prayer life because mm -hmm. exactly what you're talking about. So I would imagine, and th this is, uh, I don't know how far we can go into this. This is crazy, but the name Lord God that we have in our Bible is used 7,000 times, either capital L, capital O, R, D, right? Or Lord God comes from the Hebrew YHWH, which we translate to Yahweh. We've taken the name Yahweh out of the Bible 7,000 times. When I say we, I mean the translators that did that originally. Mm. I think they made a mistake personally. I, I love and respect everything they did, but I think that we miss something about the ever-present breath, spirit of God, yeah. that every time it says, you know, the Lord, you go, <gasps> you take an inhale. <gasps> you think about it. Every time you breathe, you're saying his name. You think about how omnipresent, how all-powerful Yahweh is, that he is our breath. Because it says in the book of Job, if he withdrew his breath, spirit, the universe would collapse. Mm -hmm. All of flesh would collapse in an instant, it says. So he is literally upholding the universe by his breath. And we, I, when I pray from the knowledge that, wow, his spirit lives in me, he's alive, and I breathe, right? And I, I'm aware that his name is on my breath, his power is in me. When I meditate and focus on that, and then I, I'm intent, like he was intent on bringing Adam to life, I'm intent on this thing that's on my heart. And then I release it to him. That's the exhale, release it. It is so incredibly powerful what happens because you're 
focused on, wow, it's not me. It's God who gave breath, who gave life. It almost like that's an inhale. It's just like, wow, you know, it's like a reverent awe of God. And then you're just meditating on that thing and you release it. It's just so powerful how he works through that. And, and prayer is essentially God working through our breath. Yeah, that's amazing. How let's be like really practical in that way. So I'm, I'm hearing him like, is that something that we should do every day? Is that something a part of maybe changing the way we pray? Because, you know, some people, I you know, I talk to young people and I speak everywhere. And there are a lot of people say, you know, prayer doesn't really do it for me. I can't hear it seems so, you know, I'm just sort of sitting there. I get lost in my thoughts when I pray, when I talk, even talk out loud. You know, I wonder if that would revolutionize and change the way that we we pray or connect with God if we're mindful of that breath, would you say? And then maybe give me some tips it, on how what we could do daily as a daily practice. It has changed the way that my daily walk and my prayer life is. And, and you know, I think one of the reasons is I realized if we say the name of Yahweh every time we breathe with every inhale and exhale breath, then we truly could pray without ceasing. <laughs> we truly yeah. could be, like Paul said, you know, actually constantly in connection with God because every inhale and exhale breath is exactly that. It's a connection. It You could even, if you wanted to be mystical, say that it's a prayer. So then you think about what is it that I'm praying? What is it that I'm intent on in my life? Because one of the mysteries of the yod heh vav heh which is the Hebrew words or Hebrew letters Y-H-W-H, which we, again, we in English say Yahweh because we need vowels. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the way it's described, Y-H-W-H, it can only be said through breath. His name cannot essentially be pronounced because it's this mysterious, powerful thing that is like breath, it's spirit. Mm-hmm. And so um, with that, it's like every culture on earth is breathing the same way. We have all these languages, but we the one thing that binds us is breath. It's that his name is on our breath. And so that YHWH actually means I am that I am. Like he said to Moses, you shall know me as I am that I am. Wow, that's mysterious. But it also means, and I will be, or it will be. Mm-hmm. And so even as we breathe, I've, I've discovered there's creative power on our breath because we're essentially with every inhale and exhale breath, we're saying it will be. Wow. It will be. That's it will be. And so you think, um, James, you know, he says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Why does he say that breath is passing over your lips out of your mouth? As you speak, you are creating through your words, you are creating through your life. It will actually be whatever you breathe on. It will be. So are you breathing life or are you breathing death? Whoa, that's awesome. You know, that's, you know, I, th- I love these kinds of conversations, Daniel, because especially if you're just reading scripture for what it is, like this kind of background then goes, oh, that makes sense. That scripture, that word now makes sense. It's loaded with this meaning and intention and power versus when we look at scripture, a lot of times we just read it. And we're like, oh, bah, 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 mm-hmm. bah, 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 period. Let's yeah, go and- on. I got to do my 365 day, read through the Bible quickly and get it done. Mm-hmm. And we miss the essence of of these words and moments that's really powerful it's a good reminder it is and i think that's so humanity isn't it that we kind of can (laughs) miss sometimes the divine and the true like yes it could be sitting us right in the face and we can miss it but there's also this part of it that when i think of and we're still talking about the first breath but when he breathes on adam it's it's quite powerful to think that even though father god had made adam and he shape-wise perhaps reflected his image what really made him come alive was the breath of god and so even 
even if like God is in something, it still isn't alive until there's breath. So like the point is, what is it in your life that you're like, man, I just, you feel that, right? That sense of like, I just wish this thing was fully alive. I just wish mm-hmm. this thing was, we, we even say like, did you breathe life into it? You know? Yes. And it's like, <laughs> there's, there's something about this mm. constant idea of we have to keep breathing. We have to keep, you know, in Ezekiel, he says prophesy to the breath. We have to prophesy the things in our life. We have to speak the goodness of God over things. We, we see that even if we have children and we speak over them, we're breathing over them, their dreams come alive. You know, like there's this powerful thing that happens when we are intentional and being aware that Yahweh, his name, the creator, God of the universe is on your breath. Does that not just empower you? Amazing. It is. It's, it really is. You're like, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Dan's so good. Let's talk about the second breath. Uh, so the first one is the first breath uh that brought humanity to life and then the second breath is that redeemed humanity from sin um maybe yeah. i maybe identify or define sin for people so mm-hmm. they understand what that is and then why does the breath need to redeem humanity from it absolutely so and that is the context really of the second breath is this idea of sin which it's not an idea at all it's something that's at work in every human being in the same way that the dna of humanity like we actually breathe autonomous, right? <laughs> Automatic. Mm-hmm. We, when we have children, they breathe. As we breathe our way through life, we realize that even if I was to pause right now and stop breathing, I have to breathe within a few seconds. Right. <laughs> I cannot stop it. Even if I go underwater, I have to take a breath, even if that causes me to drown, right? We cannot stop it. And so there's this power and presence of God in that breath. And in the same way that breath became automatic and went into our DNA, the idea is that sin in the garden of Eden, they fell short. The word sin actually going back to Hebrew, it's missing the mark. It's a target and you just miss the target. <laughs> so missing the mark is separated us from God. It happens. I mean, you don't have to look to too many channels and watch the evening news or even look at your own shame or guilt or sin to realize like you, you've missed the mark. And we have all, it says in the Bible, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And I think for anyone that's encountered the presence of God, one of the first things you realize is, whoa, I missed the mark, but there's the grace of God, right? Mm, right. And that that is why we need unmerited favor and grace in our life is because we need to be reconciled to God. And I discovered through just this powerful thread line in scripture that I, I honestly didn't know this before this project, but the spirit of God, the breath of God is almost like the connecting line between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what I mean is that he breathed on Adam and Adam fell short, missed the mark. Sin came into the atmosphere. It actually calls the devil, the prince of the power of the air. What do we breathe? Mm. He's in the atmosphere. He's in the air. So we've all got this virus of sin. And the antidote was given from the very beginning. It was going to be God's son, Jesus. And he's called the second Adam, which is interesting. Mm. Yeah. So the first Adam brought sin into our DNA. But the second Adam was the antidote. And as he was actually hung on the cross, it says in all four gospels, virtually in the same language. And I think that that's very potent and something to take notice of when it's so specifically putting something in the same framework and language is it says that he says, father, which is essentially Yahweh into your hands, I commit my spirit, my breath. Hmm. And then it says, saying these words, he breathed his last Yahweh and his breath went back to the father. And the thing that's significant is that he never once breathed in the atmosphere of the world. He never once sinned. He never once missed the mark. Mm. Right. 
So he was actually worthy and able to redeem humanity from sin, which is why he's called Adam. He was both God and man. He had to be something the earth had never seen before. He was the God man, right? Mm -hmm. And he was able to fully redeem humanity as a representative for humanity. But because he was fully Mm -hmm. God at the same time, what a mystery, right? (laughs) But because he was fully God in his name, Jesus, Yahweh saves, Yahshua, the Hebrew word. It actually means, as it comes up in Isaiah and Jeremiah and all these Bible verses, it means salvation. So they've been told that salvation is coming, salvation is coming. And then Yeshua shows up, his name means salvation. And he goes on the cross and he breathes that breath to the Father and redeems humanity through that second breath. So good. So good. And visually, I can see this, right? I, it's Again, it's, it's great to hear this, Daniel, because it, it gives, I think, a lot more power and understanding in the story. You know, it, it wasn't, yeah, it's really powerful. I love that. Um, third breath is the one that continues to shape the course of human history. So we've got uh, humanity coming to life, uh, the, you know, humanity um, being redeemed from sin. And now we just continue on with human history um, in, yes. in this breath. And that, you know, <laughs> I, think... this, this, I can't wait to hear this one because here, this is yeah. sort of like the story, the story for us, for all of us. This, absolutely. This is the story about us. And yeah, I think the, the third breath. It, it gets me the most excited because it is about how it changes our daily life. And, you know, you think about setting the scene again, I'm thinking it cinematically, how did it all look? How did it feel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the disciples are in the upper room, according to John chapter 20, because they're afraid that the Jewish leaders who killed Jesus are coming for them. And it was basically their spoken goal, wipe them out, get rid of, they called them the way, you know, get rid of the, the way. way. Yeah. They're, they're following this thing called the way. And so, they are hiding. And at this point, they've actually not received the Holy Spirit. So they they are essentially like alone. They, they have each other, but they don't have Jesus anymore, right? Now, Jesus, all of a sudden, well, they don't know it, but, you know, a creak at the stairs, a knock at the door. Oh, no, we've been found, right? And you think about the fear that was in their hearts and minds at that moment, because somebody's here. They must have found us. They're not supposed to know about this place, right? So all of a sudden... They're not going to open the door. So Jesus passes through the wall. He's suddenly in the room. Hmm. He was in their midst instantaneously, it says. So all of a sudden, they're looking at him. And this horrible human fear of man is taken over by this fear of the Lord. Because they look at him and he pulls up. It says that he pulls back his robe Mm -hmm. and the holes are in his hands. He pulls back by his sandals. The holes are in his feet. He's not bleeding anymore. He's in a resurrected body. They hardly recognize him because there's something different about him. But when they see those holes, they realize this is Jesus. This is Yeshua. This is salvation. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and it's amazing Hebrew words, shalom, peace. Love it. Love shalom. It's the same same word he spoke over the storm when, you know, they woke him up from a sleep. And they said, you know, where were you, Jesus? We were about to drown. This storm is going to kill us. And he said, where is your faith? Shalom. (laughs) Right? And he just says shalom and the whole storm ceases. Well, this is the moment where he comes into the room and they're just, they're freaking out. And he says, Shalom, mm. peace be with you. And then he prepares them to receive his peace because he's the Prince of Peace. And he does the most crazy thing. If you think about what he did in the Garden of Eden, because it says, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Mm-hmm. So when Yahweh breathed on Adam in the garden, mysteriously, Jesus was there. He was in that first breath. They, they are one. So he had breathed on Adam and now he comes as the second Adam. And he says, everybody, get up. Just wait a minute. <laughs> We're going to do something here. 
Mm-hmm. And then he goes like this. <sighs> and he breathes on them. It says in John 20, 22, and then Jesus breathed on the disciples. Why on earth would he do that? He is saying to them, I am the Holy breath. I have received the Holy spirit to give to you the most crazy gift that humanity could ever possibly wield. The moment that you believe in Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy breath of God. And he says, receive the Holy spirit. And he breathes on them. Like he actually physically breathed on them. (laughs) And he says, receive the Holy "Ah." spirit. And especially with like what's happening nowadays, it'd be like, ah, but then, (laughs) but then knowing now it's like, it would be amazing and strange and, yeah, I'm just envisioning that. I'm putting my, I, you know, Dana, what I love to do is when I read through scripture, I actually put myself in the place of the story yeah, and in different good. parts of the story. Like, am I the disciple? Am I in the place of Jesus? Am I a bystander? It's one thing I learned uh, just through my own practice and learning was actually a, a mentor shared, put yourself in the different places and see the experience and feel the experience uh, from that person. And so mm-hmm. as you're saying this, I'm envisioning I'm sitting or I'm standing and I'm he's breathing over over me. What what a moment that would be and how I would it's receive a- it and how I would internalize it. And then what would that mean for me? I was I, I was thinking about that as you were saying that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've tried to do that as well, especially <laughs> from the position of the disciples. And, you know, yeah. the disciples wasn't just the 11 at the time because Judas was no longer there. There was 11 of them, but there was all these women and all these other people and all these followers Mm. and they're in this room. And like, you just wonder, like, you know, in a Hollywood mindset, you'd be like, was the room shaking? You know, like (laughs) what, what was it that was happening? Or did it just like, or did it just stop? You know, those moments where everything, they Mm. haven't stopped still. And then it mm-hmm. moves out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was yeah, it yeah like totally. That? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, was there color on his breath? And like, yeah, was it yeah. just like, what, it, I just, it must have been just a beautiful moment. But the yeah. thing that you have to think is the Hebrew mind, they knew what he was doing. Right, and we, right. sometimes we read that and we're like, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. And I, I know I had to study it, but he was redoing creation. It was the act of new mm-hmm. creation life being released. So when he did it in the Garden of Eden, he knew that he was going to have to come as the second breath. (laughs) This was not a mystery to him. This was his plan. Because when he recreated the breath, he was going to release it on humanity. That is the holy moment because it's called the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew is Ruach HaKodesh. The Ruach is this thing that was dancing over creation. Remember, it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Mm -hmm. That's the Ruach of God. Now it's been redeemed through Jesus Christ because humanity took that breath of sin, right? We separated ourselves. We missed the mark, but it's been redeemed through the work of Jesus Christ. So he actually, he even said, I am coming to give you something that is better than if I were to stay with you. So he's redeemed it. He breathes it on us and he says, receive the holy breath, receive the Ruach of God, which is actually the set apart spirit of God. Like, can you just, like, can we just imagine that he gave us his set apart spirit? And then he said now, and this is what I think is so powerful and why I love the third breath the most is he basically and essentially says, now go and forgive sin and go and do what I do. Because when we're made in God's image, we're called to actually bear his image. Cause we all, we look and we sound and there's something about us. We have a spirit. There's things about us that resemble the image of God, but we're called to actually bear his image. And that means that we do what he does. Yeah. And we hear what he says and we go out and he says, breathe life on people, pull people out of sin, help them to m- not miss the mark, heal people, love people, care for yeah. people, have compassion, do what I do. And that's how we bear God's image. 
Okay, so two things. So for someone listening going, because I mean, we've got people who have been following Jesus for a long time and they haven't seen the power or felt the power or life with Jesus and in community isn't really what you're saying. There's others that have had moments of it at a good retreat, at a mission uh, trip, all of that. They've experienced that. So I think number one, let's, let me ask you this. Uh, How come we haven't in knowing that when we say yes to Jesus, I'm going to follow the way. We have not been like, whoa, we have the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. that's never been like, you know, people accept Jesus. And, and I haven't really heard a lot. It's like, whoa, look mm-hmm. at this gift in which I receive. Haven't had that response. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't heard that response. Um, so maybe that's just a question. You know, I've been in the church for a long time. A missionary kid, Christian kid. Bible college. I'm in Christian media. I'm a content creator for a, for a, you know, a, a Christian media company here in Canada. But what I'm saying is why not? Why haven't we shared that um, as something? Wow. To people who decide to follow. I think it's such a good question. And I think I asked the same question and I feel that I have at least one answer. Okay. And I believe that it is because the Holy Spirit, if, if, you, if you read through both the Gospels and then the Book of Acts, you discover that the Holy Spirit seems like it came twice. <laughs> so the first time it was breathed by Jesus Christ, Yeshua, salvation onto the disciples. And he says, now wait 50 days. Wait for 50 days because he's going to come in power. And so what I believe happened was when he released the breath it's like the true breath of life, right? It's the Holy spirit that he breathed. That's the moment of new creation. And that's the moment of, we would call it salvation is the moment that a person encounters Jesus Christ, they receive the Holy spirit. And it's a deposit. Paul said in the, in the Bible of our guarantee that we'll be with him in the future life and in eternity. But I believe that the outworking of the Holy spirit is a secondary thing that very, I, 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 oh, I um, caution myself to say, is it possible that very few followers of Jesus actually have this secondary portion? And in the Bible, it's shown to have come at the time of Pentecost when the actual room was shaken mm-hmm. and they were suddenly able to operate in gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you had them all, they already had salvation. They had the Holy Spirit. They were connected to the set apart spirit of God, but they had not been shaken, if you will. <laughs> they had not received the gifts. And I believe that so many people in Christian churches and Christian homes and just that, you know, they're out there and they believe in Jesus. They perhaps have not received what is like the gifts and the outworking of the Holy Spirit, because, you know, not everyone has to pre- speak in tongues. And, you know, that might be one that really scares people. <laughs> but there's a lot of gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's service, compassion, hospitality. Mm-hmm. There's prophetic. There's encouragement. There's many that um, that are available and that we need to ask God to reveal to us by his Holy Spirit. Mm. What is the gift that you want me to breathe? Because you don't have to do what everyone else does. In fact, you were created in his image to be specifically who he made you to be. So don't try to be like everyone else. Don't right. try to be like the guy on TV or whatever. Like you can be inspired by them, but don't try to be like them because that's not yeah. who you are. You were made in God's image. You were created specifically, it says, knit by him. So you have specific ways that you are to fit into this body that we talk about being one body. And so I believe that to your question, I don't think people necessarily know how they fit in 
Mm. And so they've either not been empowered to or released to be the thing that they've been created for. Because I don't think it has to be for everybody a moment where the pillars of the room are shaken and 3,000 people get saved that moment. It doesn't always work like that. He's creative. He's always moving in new ways, right? So he he wants, though, in, in a sense, to shake you and to show yeah. you what your gift is for the world. See, and that's good, which is sort of my next question. Because for people who are following Jesus and they're going, okay, you know, that's powerful Yahweh. He's in me. He's living within me, but I haven't accessed it. I don't live in that space. Or maybe I've heard whisperings or, or rumblings, but I'm not I'm not courageous enough to go with it. Like, what would you mm-hmm. say? Because I think, I think that's a, you know, the Holy Spirit's always been kind of like, you know, for the Pentecostals and Charismatics, they might be able to talk about it more. For me growing up um, as a Baptist, but I always call myself a Baptocostal. Uh, I, I understood a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't framed or spoken about a lot in my, in my Baptist church. Right. So mm-hmm. the Holy spirit is like, Whoa, this kind of conversation, but, but mm-hmm. more and more with, with the communities I'm in, we understand that the Holy spirit is within us. But the question always is how does he work and how do I work in partnership with him to like what you said, to free captives, to identify sin, to help people stop missing the mark. Like, what does that look like, Daniel? Absolutely. So I think the practical is so important. And I, yeah. I love talking about the practical because in a lot of church circles, we kind of have these, I don't know if esoteric is the right word. We have these high <laughs> okay. kind of, we have these ways of talking about things that don't always get to the practical. Right. And this is, I can only tell you from my own story, my own life, the way that I heard from God, the way that I was able to write down the thoughts that I felt were coming directly from him and just like mm-hmm. transcribing and the way that I heard his voice and actually got that whisper in my ear was because I was willing to do one of the things he said, which was to love and serve others. So when I was going on mission, when I was in Tanzania, Thailand and all these places and you, you know, mission can be the line at the bank. It can be the grocery store. Like don't get stuck thinking what right. mission is. But what I mean is that mission is when you go and you reach out specifically with that intention we talked about, like, well, what an incredible thing. When you go on a mission trip, amazing things happen. God shows up. We hear from him. Well, why? Why? Because we're intent on encountering God. Mm -hmm. We need to bring that intention of encountering God into our daily life Mm -hmm. because this is what happened is I went to love and serve others in Tanzania. I heard his breath, the the word breath, right? (laughs) I shared that by literally and you know sometimes maybe it's awkward it's like how am I going to breathe into this and maybe God says like just breathe on them you know like it's it's a working out of obedience Mm -hmm. and then as I was loving and serving and just like not you know just trying to to be essentially what I thought was a Christian (laughs) then I was caring for people I was you know having opportunities to pray for people having opportunities to help kids get into schools help having opportunities to feed and do all these practical things all of a sudden he's like, you have a story to tell, write it, you know, or you yeah. have a film to make, make it. The creativity flows out of the most mm. practical of things, which is loving and serving. Yeah. So I, I think for listeners, like if you could take one, one thing away, I would say I, in my own life, when I was following what I believe is the most basic call to like look after orphans and widows, that's when I heard from God. If you're wanting to hear his voice, do the most practical thing, do the soup right. kitchen do the pray for someone outside the bank that's asking for food. Don't do the first part of the Good Samaritan story where you pass by, but just get into that moment and be willing to just see what they need. 
And I guarantee you that the Holy Spirit will do something. He will speak through you. He will speak to you. He will speak to the people in your life. So good. We miss a lot, you know, Daniel. I find that even for me, if I'm so honest with myself, like I've missed moments. Because I didn't want mm. I didn't want to listen to the whisper, you know, mm. <laughs> and I can admit it. It's like I'm not proud of it, I, you know, but it's that, well, what are people going to think? Or is that really the Holy Spirit? Is that just me? Um, but as I get older, I am like, it's, I'm willing to risk. I'm willing to do it for the sake that this could be an answer to prayer. This moment could be a moment that this person was praying that somebody would reach out and it was, it happened to be me and, and things could change. So I love that. I re I, I really, I'm just sort of processing what you're saying and understanding the power of breath and God's spirit in us. And I think it, imagine Daniel, if people kind of got that, like here we are mm. as, as followers of Jesus with, you know, his breath in us and, and the power of our breath to breathe over people and, and to serve like radically changing our neighborhoods, our communities in the world. If we all I got agree, on board I... with that, not that, I mean, I, I, I start with me and then, but the collective us, imagine if us, uh, did that. Wow. That's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. And I, I literally this week was having this exact conversation that you're, you're bringing up. I was having it in my own mind. And then I think I talked to my brother about it, but what if the church was just individually, but like we're the body. So we connect as a group, but we also go out individually in our daily life. We're in the marketplace. We're in, mm -hmm. we're in schools. We're in all the different places. We're in all the institutions. We're in all the hospitals. What if individually, but not individually, because we're connected to the source that is literally the power of holding the universe, the breath of God is in us. If we were every day just aware of it and not caught up by all the stuff in the atmosphere and all the noise and all the power of the air around us, but just, you know what, there's a source from inside that I'm going to give out. And I'm think of it, think of it as breath. Think of it as I'm going to breathe it in and I'm going to breathe it out today. And the world would be transformed. I'm telling you, like the, there would be tomorrow, today, there would be a revival on this planet because we would be operating in those simple acts where we hear the words from God. We are reminded of the scripture. We remember what we need to do and we just actually do it. The world would not be the same. And I think that is what this is really about is like, would we not just dig in and get this revelation that his breath, you know, it says in, um, I believe when Jesus is with Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is seeking and he's searching. And he's asking these big questions. And Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. The breath is going. The spirit is moving wherever it pleases. Think of yourself, if you have his spirit, as being exactly where you need to be. Think of it as he's positioned you, placed you where you're supposed to be. Today, when you put your shoes on, you know, when you get out there, or if you're staying at home, if you're in home, right, and you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, you know, like wherever it is. You're exactly where you're supposed to be because the wind, the spirit of God blows wherever it pleases. Mm -hmm. So now that you know that even, even if you're alone, and this is why like maybe being in a, a monk in a monastery, it's okay for some people. Even if you're alone, you can worship him by just focusing on the inhaled and exhaled breath and just honoring him wherever you are. So it's just like, to me, it's like, this is what I want to see through this project and through this work is like, let's be so aware that we're exactly where we're supposed to be. And that he is using us in that moment, because when you then have that nudge, you go, wow, I am the actual person on planet Earth for this moment. It's amazing. <laughs> it gives you purpose, right? Yeah. Daniel, can you just as we close and end, can you just maybe, I don't know if this is awkward for you or not, but just walk us through maybe a, 
a breathe in, breathe out exercise because I think after this, I think everybody's like, oh, I want to do this. And then that it's something that they could take and work in the next days, weeks, and months and years ahead. I think that would be really awesome if you Absolutely. can. If you're good with it. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds like a really cool practical idea. Um, <laughs> so I talk about in the book about the meaning. So in Hebrew, everything is seven layers deep and it's not quite the same in our English language, but like in Hebrew, a letter has a shape to a symbol that actually means something. And there, it originally like was pictures that became letters. And actually the English language, a lot of our letters still resemble those Hebrew characters in dramatic and shocking ways. But without getting into all that, the name of God, YHWH, Yahweh, we understand it as an inhaled and exhaled breath. The, those four letters in Hebrew are Yud, He, Vav, He. And I'll just really quickly give you this background so that we can do this. Mm -hmm. So imagine Adam's in the garden. He's not alive and God is holding him in his hands. The Y is representative of a pause, Yod. It's a moment of intention. You begin to imagine what you want to do. <laughs> you begin to imagine what you want to breathe on, if you will. You begin to imagine what you want to pray. So I might be praying about something in my work life for finances. I might be praying for a relationship. I might be praying for a prodigal son or daughter, right? It, it could be anything. Yod is that moment of intention. It's represented by the Y in Hebrew. Um, H, I hope people are following me that I'm going through YHWH, like the name of God. Awesome. The H is an inhaled breath. You can breathe it through your nose. You can breathe it through your mouth. It's the sound of breath that makes God's name. So it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it can be an inhale, however you inhale. It's where you're aware that it's the presence of God, that he's the one with the power. He is the one that can change the world. He is the one that's using people like us to do his work, right? And we get to participate with him. So you're breathing in, like, it's like the Holy Spirit in you. You're just like charging it up almost like, <sighs> and then <laughs> the third character is a W and actually what it represents. And again, this is just so fascinating as you study the Hebrew is that the W represents infilling. So the, the W represents that, like you think of the shape of a W, it's almost like a human body where it touches from your fingers down to your feet, back to your head, down to your feet, back to your fingers. It's like, it represents the entire body. The W is when the oxygen of God fills your entire being. So you let, this is exactly what happens in the human body. You breathe in, your lungs put oxygen into your heart and your heart pumps to the body. You are literally oxygenating your entire body by breathing, right? That your heart pumps it. So the W, uh, the third part of Yahweh's name is an infilling. It's penetrating every cell of your being. And then the fourth part is an exhale, this H again, this. So how does this all make sense? Hopefully people are tracking. You pause and you focus on the thing that you want. You might just want peace. You might just want to be calm in your spirit. You're intent on that. Yod, why? Then you inhale. You're aware that it's the presence of Almighty God that's in you. Then the third part, let it fill. Let it actually just touch everything. Let it touch your mind. Let it touch your spirit. Let it fill your body. You're a body, a soul, and a spirit, right? Let it fill your whole being. And then you release it. So if, if you're praying for peace, then you're releasing anxiety, right? <laughs> then you release with the exhale. And this, this applies to virtually any way that you want to pray. And it, it has changed my prayer life. If, if I'm like, God, I really want like 
I feel your spirit on this project and I want you to bring a connection together and just make this happen. It's like, you're the one with the power and I can be intent on that and breathe and then release it. That's the exhale is the beauty is you release it. And who does the work? Yahweh, right? He does the work. So that's, that's essentially the, the four step prayer that I've been um, trying to make practical in my life. Daniel, that's amazing. I was kind of walking it through and I'm going to probably do, do it after, but one thing I love is when we, with the H, the first H is this inhale, but I like that the W is the infilling. So you're holding. So there's a bit of tension mm. there, right? Cause when you're holding, you know, I'm holding it in. I'm actually physically feeling it. So the exhale is a release of, you know, I'm wanting the peace, but I'm going to exhale all the things that are causing me chaos and stress. But I love the practices. I think why I just love this conversation with you is that a lot of times we go through our kind of like life with Jesus and we don't, we're not mindful or intentional about practices. And then we wonder why things aren't working or what's that about, or uh, maybe not so like, like we talked earlier about the power of the moments and experiences in scripture, because they're loaded with these meanings that were from the past and and the the thread of the narrative, right? And so again, I you know I always say this, Daniel, to you know people who are listening and watching, and people who come and when I'm speaking, it's like we've got to do the work. There's intention and discipline and practice within our life as as we follow Jesus. It's not just like okay, we're in, we made the decision, and now we're not going to do anything because that's not a relationship at all. And and absolutely, it, you know, it's not. And dynamic or vibrant in any way. And so no wonder you have people who say they follow Jesus and their lives are, and I'm not trying to say a life of like, you know, being a, a TV star is it. I'm saying even in the midst of the everyday, there's just not an infilling of joy and purpose and mission. Uh, and and now as you're talking, Daniel, I see so much of the connection, right? Like and, I see so much of the connection. And to your point, like it's an amazing thing because what you're saying and what I just think is so powerful is that not only will you not see God work in your life, he cannot work in your life if you don't participate. Yes. And this is a crazy thing all yes. throughout the Bible. And this applies to us practically. He keeps asking everyone that he uses, what is in your hand? Right. Remember with Moses, mm -hmm. God, how are we going to separate these waters? What is in your hand? Raise your staff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you go to Gideon and it's like, He's like, all I have is like a pot and a thing to smash it. Like that was what was in his hand, right? And then you go through all the entire Bible, like Joseph, like what is in your hand? Hmm. And it, sometimes it's actually like he's given you a gift. Like you can interpret dreams. You can, like he puts favor on you in a certain specific way, right? But he's, it, are you an author? What is in your hand? Oh, the pen, right? Hmm. Are you a filmmaker? It's a camera. It, are you, it, it's easy to apply to artistry, I think, but like maybe you're, you have the pen and you're an accountant. That's what's in your hand, right? So yeah, it's yeah. just applying it to your practical life because creativity is the ability to solve any problem. And I believe the Holy Spirit is triumphant through creativity. He is the creative force that made the universe. The first act of God was creativity. Seven days, right? Well, one mm -hmm. of those was rest. But he, <laughs> yeah. he created, yeah. right? Yeah. So what what is in your hand? There's the question. And I believe that when you realize that, oh, he actually purposefully put this in my hand, that is also very empowering because guess what? A staff should not separate waters, but when you're partnered with almighty God, it can do anything. Isn't that, and so this is what's really great. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but uh, 
<laughs> here's the thing. We don't have to recreate or try to make things happen. Like when you say what is in your hand, it's literally everybody has something in their hand. Everybody has something within their reach or what they're doing that, that God will use. And I think that's and... the other part that I love because I think, you know, especially in Christian context and in ministry, and I'll be honest with you, people will look at, say, for me, and it's like, well, you're on television, blah, 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 blah. And that's what I want in my hand. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I go, but, but it's not. In your hand could be a autistic son that you have to care for. Or in your hand, it could be that you are an amazing bricklayer, carpenter, building homes for people. It could be like, and I think it's that reframing of of what is in our hand with the power of God's breath in us that we collectively and you said together can change can can radically change uh our communities and world I think reminding people of that is so powerful Daniel like what is in your hand is and with God with God's breath and using it it's just like boom imagine the impact it Ooh, just explodes yeah, this is because it so just good. explodes into your own practical setting when you realize yeah. like, it. it's like you say, when he breathes, he creates stars, galaxies. Like imagine having the power to breathe galaxies out of your mouth. That's the power of God, right? Yeah. And it doesn't feel like you have that power when like you're Joseph in the jail cell or in the pit. Right. Or, you know, you like we literally walk through dark nights of the soul and suffering is a whole other conversation. But it doesn't feel like you can have that power. But then, like you're saying, if you just take what he's given you and you just keep worshiping with it, you yeah. know, it says that when Jacob was old, he worshiped while he leaned on his staff. He was a crippled man, but he worshiped. God had taken out his hip, you know, in the, in the battle. Yeah. And he had that limp. That limp reminded him, God is my breath. God is my walk. God is everything. Mm. And he worshiped as he leaned, right? Whatever it is, whether like you could literally be going through the dark night of the soul. But if you'll just see that tiny crack of light and you'll worship him, it's absolutely mind blowing how he can use your life. Yeah. And he, he will raise you to places that you're supposed to be to share his love with other people. Daniel Kuman, thank you so much. This was really, truly a, a much needed pause in my day uh, for just this reminder. You know, I think sometimes when I'm doing the work and I'm creating uh, sometimes I miss, uh, yeah, I miss the breath and I miss why. And so it really good. And, and thank you for leading us through, um, you know, that, that prayer. I really, I wrote everything down, uh, because I want to do that. Actually, I think I I've, I've actually in my head, I'm like, I needed something like this for my own prayer time and, and pause in my, in my rhythm, you know, to change mm -hmm. up a bit of the rhythm of my day. So I so appreciate it. Thank you for your words. I mean, there's so much here. I mean, you know, the book, so much. And so I appreciate that you're using what's in your hand in, in content and creating. And thank you so much. Thank you for bringing this to us and reminding us of this breath of life. So thanks so much. Mm, thanks. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Daniel Kuman. Check him out at dkuman on insta breathoflifemedia.com for more of his really great films and books and i hope and want to encourage you to do that prayer the breath prayer of yahweh of inhaling of exhaling of pausing and of infilling and 
uh, let us know how that goes. Uh, go to seeherelove.com slash hello, and you can let us know if that's changed your, your way of communicating with God, your prayer life, your spiritual practices and disciplines throughout the week. But really want to encourage you to, to try it out this week, uh, that prayer of Yahweh. And as you do, and as you go about life and figure out how can I make a difference in my community and world like Daniel and I were talking about, or how can I, you know, be reminded that as a follower of Jesus, I'm filled by this incredible, powerful spirit of God breath in me. Know this, that you are seen, heard, and loved by God who has given everything that you need and is with you always. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. It's our first ever See Here Love conference coming on Saturday, March 26, 2022, and the theme is Making Space. Making space for life-giving friendships, leading yourself and others well, for loving your neighbors, and for Sabbath and rest. We hope you join me and our See Here Love co-hosts and special guests, along with our amazing keynote speakers, Annie F. Downs, Joe Saxton, Holly Forche, and Shayla Visser, for an afternoon of fun, laughter, celebration, friendship, prayer, and tons of learning and activities. We'd love for you to join us March 26, 2022. And for more information, go to seeherelove.com slash conference. See Here Love thanks our partners who make this show possible. for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded, nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre for Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing See Here Love. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R, 4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.